0: Hello and welcome to the Island Stories podcast. I'm your host Harriet Hadfield. Two years ago I came back to the island looking for a sanctuary. When things got really tough I came home. Which got me thinking, each and every one of us living here has an island story and each of my guests is someone with an extraordinary story to tell. This podcast is brought to you with Spence Willard, estate agent selling and letting some of the finest coastal and country property across the island. Each episode will be showcasing their property of the week. So stay tuned for that later in the podcast. So let me introduce this week's guest, Derek Sandy. He almost needs no introduction, arguably the island's best-known export, thanks to a star turn on Britain's Got Talent, his role as an IOW ambassador, and his mission, as he puts it, to relight the Isle of Wight's Caribbean vibes. So I'm looking forward to finding out how that's going. Hey, Derek, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, the first question we always ask everyone is, very simply, why the island?
1: It reminds me a bit of the Caribbean. There are certain places where I'm driving through. I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's Tobago. You know, that's why i have been so drawn to this beautiful island.
0: That was going to be my next question. Exactly that. What attracted you to it? So how is it like a Caribbean island? Because I think some people might go, mm, not so
1: much. It, de- it all depends on where you are, where you're going. You know, like from going to Shanklin into Ventnor and you're going over, you know, along those bends. And you see the ocean out there, you know. That's the real spirit, you know. It, it feels like the Caribbean.
0: Let's get a little feel for you then in your life. Just tell us where do you live? Who do you live with? What's your What's your island family?
1: My island family is my beautiful wife, Katie. Alex, my stepson, he also plays with me on the keyboards, and my in-laws.
0: They live with you as well?
1: No, no, no. They live on the other side of Ride.
0: Okay. Uh, but you're in Ride, a, yes. a beautiful part of Ride. I'm a big Ride fan living just around the corner. This is a great area, isn't it?
1: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. All you could ever ask for, everything's just close by.
0: Katie is an Islander. She no, works for the council?
1: she works for the council, but she's originally from Manchester.
0: Ah, okay. But what does she do for the council?
1: She works in the health department. Okay. You know, doing a lot of admins and different stuff.
0: And you mentioned Alex, your stepson, who is always with you, isn't he? And he, yes. he's your, become a bit of a musical partner
1: of yours. Of course, yes. He did all his grades, and now he's an eight-grade player on the keyboard. So. Oh, wow, brilliant. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing tremendously well. He's also doing some production, his own productions and stuff as well. So
0: When I said to people I'm interviewing Derek Sandy, everyone wants to know the same thing, which is, why are you here? What, what What's the story as to why you came to the island? It was in 2002, wasn't it? So 2002, ago.
1: the 1st of November I land at Gatwick Airport, came straight to the Isle of Wight. A friend invited me to come to do some work for six months to make a little money. I wanted to go back to go to, you know, to buy my own boot, my own boat, sorry, and a Jeep because I was into tourism there. You know, and uh I couldn't get a job. It was really, really difficult. I was living in the West White in Totland at the time. And uh I met this guy and for some reason he was talking about music and he loved music. And I started to sing a song for him and he said, Hey, hold on. You can do well on the island. So I said How do I start? You know, where do I go? And he said, I'm going to get back to you. Two days time, I got a call around 8 in the evening. And he said, Derek, guess what? I got a gig for you. I said, oh, I ain't got no equipment. I ain't got anything. You know, so he said, I'm going to get that for you. Don't worry. And within three months time, I was all over the Isle of Wight. And it's now 20 years and I'm still here.
0: That happened so quickly, as you say, twenty years ago, what did you think you arrived here from Trinidad and Tobago Yep. what did you think when you landed on this island of ours?
1: It was in November, as I said the first of November, and it was like a ghost, and I was a bit <laughs> oh, hold on, and it was a bit cold as well <laughs> I should think I so. I just left thirty four degrees you know, and then I said, but but you know i you know, I stick with it, and it worked out well, you know. Now I'm all over the island, all over England, or all over the UK, I must say. You know, and I've really enjoyed it.
0: One of the things you're so well known for is playing on the beaches here and really packing it out with islanders and tourists. How long have you been doing that bit for?
1: I've been doing that for quite a while. For quite, quite a while. I've been in the music business from the age of five years of age, singing in church, you know, school competitions and stuff. So... I knows my way around where music is concerned, but on the island here, I be as I said, you know, the first three months, you know, my name just started to go here, there, from east, west, north, and south, you know. There's Johnny come lately, a new kid in town, you know, and everybody want a piece of the action, you know. And I do a lot of because nobody wasn't doing Caribbean music, you know, like the reggae stuff and calypso and soca, and I started to do it, and then you know, so it was new to everybody, in the sense. Even though they had known the the reggae music, but I brought it live on the island, you know, and, you know, as I said, the island be a full of lovely beaches here and people always, they always having a barbecue, a Caribbean day. So I'm the man for the job. (laughs) <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> and you do lots and lots of private parties, don't you? Yes,
1: uh, most of my work is private parties. This
0: yeah. is where I know you from, is just big. Loads of different friends' parties in the summer. And it's really not a proper party unless Derek Sandy's playing.
1: Oh, I like to get a crowd going. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> it's just this incredible energy, though, isn't it, that the island's really taken on and, and suits the Isle of Wight, particularly in the summer.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, perfect place for it. There couldn't be a better destination for that sort of activity, the Isle of Wight.
0: What else keeps you busy, though? Because particularly in the winter, I guess there's less uh, beach parties, less sort of Caribbean vibes. So what else do you enjoy getting up to on this island?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I continue the same vibe, but not on the island. I go back to Tobago, where I continue, left off where I picked you know, picked up where I left off, I must say, and... Uh, because down there is always action, because we have the weather 24-7, that same type of weather, just rain and sun. You know, because I'm a person, I like to keep going. I suffer with ADHD. Okay. But in a good way.
0: Uh, yeah. You know. Well, it can be a real gift.
1: <laughs> of course. Yes, 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 for sure. And it, it served me well. <laughs> you know, so that's what I do when the winter, because the, the island intends to go flat. Yes. You know, and I'm a person, I can't, I can't just sit one place. I need to be moving you know, doing something. So I go back home from ending of September, October, and then come back again in spring.
0: Okay, well, we're going to talk a little bit about back home later on uh, in the podcast. I just wanted to ask you, though, about um, COVID and the pandemic, because, you know, as you say, you can't really sit still. And so lockdown must have been interesting for you. But you found some ways of still keeping the island entertained, didn't you?
1: Yes, I would say so. Yes, Uh, you know, well, first to begin... I thought it would have just last for... I was in Tobago, in a matter of fact, when the whole pandemic started. We got the last plane out, funny enough, from Tobago back to England. Wow, so
0: hang on. You chose to be stuck on the Isle of Wight, not stuck in Tobago for lockdown. Well,
1: this is my home. I made the Isle of Wight my home, you know, and uh, I prefer to be here than there.
0: Yeah, I I really respect that. But some people will be thinking, "Eh, I might have chosen to stay in the Caribbean.
1: No, well... If the island has to go, then I go with it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I've, I've been treated here so well, so nice, you know, why not, you know, stick the ground like everybody else. Yeah. And that's what I did. I came back, got the last plan out, me, my wife and Alex, we came back and settling just watching Western movies, writing music, you know, just coming up with crazy, crazy ideas.
0: There's something about being back in your community though, isn't there? Because I was living abroad when lockdown started and then my life fell apart and I came home because my parents live here and actually it was so nice to be with my people, which maybe perhaps you felt the same. The
1: same, this, exactly the same I felt here because I believe I am part of the island and the island is part of me.
0: And you did some impromptu concerts out on the on the driveway. I've seen some YouTube videos of that. Oh yes,
1: oh, just in front of <laughs> course, Yeah. Yeah. The
0: public health message.
1: <laughs> yeah, the BBC came across. They wanted to know oh, oh. how it's like in lockdown. And with the new app they was bringing out and stuff. So they asked me to do something for that. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: people really appreciated appreciated that. So I want to talk about your big thing, which was Britain's Got Talent. But But just quickly before that you were not new to reality television because you'd had this whole come down with me.
1: Yeah, I did it twice.
0: Persona. Yeah, tell me just a little bit about
1: that. Oh, that was fun. It was really, really fun.
0: <laughs> it was in 2012.
1: 2012 and 2016. For the champion of champions. Cha- yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. won
0: the first, the Art of White uh, yeah, series. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Easy, easy, <laughs> easy. <You
0: know? laughs>
1: because I just cooked everything with my hands because where I come from again in, in the cabin, we has to start cooking from a very young age. You know, because things are so in those in my time when I was much younger, things was hard. Your parents has to go out, they has to work, so we have to learn to wash, cook, clean. You know, so cooking, I love it.
0: And you love entertaining people. So and I love entertaining it people. So it was the perfect program for you. When
1: I got the call, I said, "Yeah, man, <laughs> we <We're> cooking." <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, tell me, Britain's Got Talent was in 2019. How did that come about? How do you get to be on Britain's Got Talent?
1: Well, I don't want to speak too much about it in the sense of... Oh, God. on, give has us to the be, You have to be a bit tight-lipped because you signed certain <laughs> papers. Yeah, I get it. But um, I didn't enter. They called me because they know the song, Welcome to the Isle of Wight. Ah, interesting. Because that song, is not a lot of people feel it's just on the island they know the song. That song is known all over the world. Even in the Caribbean, you know, they see, you know, social media tells you everything. And uh, so they wanted me to sing that song. They got in contact with me. They came down here, you know, and they said, okay, this is it. And this is how it's going to be, what's going to be. So we had known everything before it was even viewed on TV. We had known from top to bottom, how far you'd reach, everything. Wow. You know, but I didn't want to do it because, you know, sometimes they can make you look bad. They could if they want to. It's a show. They build a show. They make a show.
0: They can make you almost like the sort of comedy character or the laughing They make stop. you what yeah. they want you to be. But they wanted you to be a hero.
1: Well, this is what they wanted, you know. It's so, so evident when you watch it. It wasn't about it. the singing of the song itself. Because when they finished, ended up edit up everything. I've been know?
0: watching it the last couple of days. I've watched it a few times on YouTube. I am so struck by the joy that you brought. To the stage, but also the storytelling that they incorporated, which, as you say, is so carefully constructed.
1: Very, very, very.
0: Because they weren't ever, ever teasing you, but they were teasing the Isle of Wight at the beginning. You know, this idea that you were from the Isle of Wight and the Isle of Wight was a great thing. They definitely were setting that up at the beginning, that that was kind of funny, kind of mm, not sure. By the end of it, the Isle of Wight and you complete stars
1: it was yeah it was a a game changer
0: a very clever piece of of reality yeah yeah
1: they know what they're doing and they do they do it very 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 well
0: I just love the infectious energy if anyone is listening to this and hasn't seen it just search Derek Sandy Britain's Got Talent into YouTube and just watch it because it will it will (laughs) it can't fail can it to brighten your day um, I love the two ladies in the audience who said, "Well, it wasn't sunny when we went there because it wasn't know. quite
1: warm. It wasn't quite it warm wasn't, when it we were was there." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the standing ovation. I mean, how how did that feel from all the judges? It, was, it
1: felt so good. It felt so so good. I knew I wasn't going to win that show because when we in London, when we were in London, I was telling Alex, and my wife I said, "We ain't going to get on that show because you've seen some some acts from all over the world." And I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people. So good, but they know what they wanted.
0: I'm not sure you needed to win it, though.
1: No, no, no. It's not about winning. That show is not about winning. Yeah. It's about getting on that stage and doing what you can do best.
0: And that moment. And
1: that moment lives. lives. You live that. That's yeah, yeah.
0: David Walliams said that is the sexiest song I've ever heard. Wow. About the of Wow. White. Wow. <laughs> you wrote that song, and you're super proud of it. We all love it. I mean, that must have felt really good to get that kind of that recognition for what oh, is yeah, a great song. It
1: was, I had to pinch myself, you know, I had I couldn't. Really, and funny enough, after the performance, I couldn't remember what happened on the stage. Everything just went blank. I was asking my wife, you know, what really happened? Because there were so many different things, you know, it was like because it's a long, long day, a very long day. We
0: well, had Ant and Dec come and join you on the stage wearing their T-shirts. Were you expecting that?
1: I wasn't expecting them to come on the stage, no. (laughs) I went to one end, you know, because I like to move, you know. And when I turned back, I saw they coming on, dancing, you know. So I said, and then it pushed me more as well. Give me more, you know, tell us something about the bread.
0: (laughs) One of the things that all the judges were really agreed on at the end was that they were all going to go and visit the Isle of Wight. Now, it strikes me that this was 2019. And the timing, in a way, is a shame because we went into COVID yeah. one year later. Have any of the judges been yet? Or is this an, ex- an invitation we should be extending to them now? I think we're going to be
1: extending that invitation because they have to come and see the Isle of Wight.
0: I think Alicia Dixon was, was pretty keen, wasn't she? She
1: was pretty keen. And Amanda as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And she knew the needles.
1: Oh, yes. She was
0: showing off her, her Isle of Wight uh, knowledge. <laughs> one of the things that they asked you was, you know, what's your, what's your job? And I thought it was just absolutely delightful when you said, this is my job, entertaining the beautiful people of the Isle of Wight, letting the world know about the Isle of Wight. When you want sunshine, come to the Isle of Wight. Yeah,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, the Isle of Wight is beautiful. It's, it's, it's such a nice place. The feeling, it, there's a certain feel, you know, you go somewhere and you've got a feel and you say, yeah, this is where I want to be. This is, you know, that's just, you know, that's just how it is here on the island. The people are very nice. You know, I can't say a bad word about the people on the Isle of Wight. That's why I'm still here. Six months came here for twenty years, still here.
0: I absolutely love houses, so we're lucky with our sponsor, Spence Willard, and I get to look at some of the most amazing homes on the island for our Property of the Week section. In this episode, I've got serious house envy in Yarmouth, with a five-bedroom home overlooking the Western Solent, with spacious and modern rooms throughout. The house also has a waterfront garden to access fabulous swims and get straight out onto the water, complete with an old boathouse, which is in need of a little refurbishment. To find out more about this property or any others, do contact our sponsors, Spence Willard. All of their details can be found in the show notes. Let's go back then to life before living here. You came from another island many thousands of miles away.
1: 4,500 miles away. Tell us where
0: you've come from. Yeah,
1: I came from Trinidad and Tobago, the island of Tobago. I was born in Trinidad, but I spent most of my time in Tobago. I had big problems with drugs and stuff. And I left Trinidad. That's when I was in Trinidad. I left Trinidad. I went to rehab, got myself straightened out.
0: What age were you then?
1: I was around 23 at the time.
0: So let's just dial back. You got into music at a young age. You were one of three children, very involved with your local church. How did you go from that to having a problem with drugs in your 20s?
1: Well, after I left school, I started to, you know, I was doing music because I was always on TV singing and this year, there and everywhere. And I started to sing with a lot of big bands, popular bands in Trinidad. And you know when you started to go astray, cause I left church as well. Not really left church, but you know I want to be where the action is. You know you're in your teens and you know the funky music, and the reggae, and the, you know. And I said because those were the opportunities, you know. And then once you're in those circles playing with these big bands, you know these guys are taking the drugs, they're smoking ganja, they're sniffing and taking cocaine, and and I want to be big like them. I want to, you know. And I tried some, and that was it. And then I decided to go and go and go and go till I couldn't stop.
0: How did that feel, that loss of control?
1: Bad. It was really, it wasn't, it wasn't a good, you know. And uh, I had a chat with my parents and they organised to get me into the rehab. And then I went in for six weeks, came back out and then I left Trinidad, went to Tobago, which is not far away, and started up my own business. I'd given up music, everything, because for the experience that I had. The drugs. I said, I don't want to go back into music.
0: How lucky were you that your parents were supportive of you going to rehab? I mean, how, how normal was that where you were living?
1: Well, they knew deep down that um, I'm a good person. I don't mean any harm to nobody. But when you are an addict, you're a sick person and it's not a nice thing. And to see all the talent that I had just going down the drain, you know, you know, and as a mother, she just can't see a child just go, you know, just, you know, from here to there within a couple of years. They made the decision.
0: Is it still a part of your life that defines you in any way? Do you still think of yourself as an addict, or is it something that you left behind? Along, I back? left
1: it behind. I don't look back. You know, I can see alcohol, I can see drugs, and it don't bother me. You know, I I wants no part of it. I'm not going to have it. You know, that's so why I'm a very strong person inside as well. Very, very strong. If I say no, it's no, I'm going to stick to that. You know, and uh, I'm glad I did. This is why I'm here. I came to England just w- one, year be- rehab. one year after we have. One year after we have, I came to England.
0: It was meant to be, wasn't it? Was it was meant
1: to be. Yeah. I believe that the Almighty had sent me there to clean my act up, go to Tobago, met a friend, come to England to start over and to do the thing that I love, music, entertaining people. Yeah, Making and amazing to happy. get that,
0: that opportunity again.
1: This is why I'm not going to let it slip out of my hands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't, have you?
1: No, no, no. Um, I just
0: want to ask, and, and you know, not to, to glamorize it, because obviously you've just talked about a very difficult part of it, but there was a very, very famous reggae star that you supported on tour. Is that right?
1: That was Mali, Bob Marley and the Wailers. That was in 1979. Yeah, they were, they were toying in Trinidad, and Tobago, well, not Tobago, but Trinidad. And I was working with a band, so I was very fortunate to be on that same stage that same evening.
0: And for one night?
1: Just for one night, yeah.
0: Can you describe what that was like? It was,
1: oh, to be, those days, Bob Marley and the Wailers, they were really kicking it up in those days. You know, that was the prime of his time as well. You know, everywhere you turn is Bob Marley. Everywhere you, every song you hear is Bob Marley and the Wailers. So to be on the same stage, you know, you know, you feel really, you feel on top of the world. You know, so that was a great, great opportunity. I also had some experience with Eddie Grant and Mark Holder. They were both from Guyana, but they were living here in England. My first ever record I made, it was the vinyl, 45 in those days. You know, Let's Dance and Cry to Me, they produced that for me as well. So... You know, I was meant to be doing music. <laughs> it's as simple as that.
0: And do you play instruments as well? Because I always hear you singing, but
1: I can play a guitar. Yeah, I can play a guitar. Not as a big professional, but I can. I compose on the guitar, or I can do a little keyboards as well. Yeah, but I prefer to hold the microphone because I love to dance and go mingle with the crowd. As we and say. when
0: you're playing, the crowds here—it's always those Bob Marley hits, isn't it—that gets yeah. everyone
1: going. Everybody.
0: How much does it take you back?
1: Oh, a lot. A lot, quite a lot. (laughs) Just bring back the old time days, you know, which to me was the best days, you know, because there are songs, those are songs that never die. If you look at how long Marley passed away, the young people, they knows about Bob Marley now. They knows, you know, so. Yeah,
0: extraordinary legacy, musical legacy. It
1: just can't die. You know, it just wouldn't go away.
0: I know you get to go home every year, but how much do you miss home?
1: To be honest with you, I don't miss home here in the summer because the vibes here, is so nice. You know, the, all the excitement, there's so many different things going on, looking forward to going here, going there, you know, because as I go all over the UK, this performing. So it's really, really nice. So I don't really miss home in the summer here. But after September, then I started to say, uh, <laughs> I can you know, I can be on <laughs> Pigeon Point Beach, chilling out, relaxing, you know. You know, going up in the woods. You know, you know, barbecuing. You know, partying. You know, even though I'm not much of a party goer, because when I'm finished on the Isle of Wight for the summer, I'm knackered.
0: <laughs> but you like to make the party, don't but you? But I love you to make bring a party. the party bring, everywhere you go. <laughs> that's
1: me. I am party. I am Mr. Party. <laughs>
0: Um, you were, after Britain's Got Talent, you were officially awarded the title of ambassador of the Isle of Wight by the Isle of Wight Council. Yeah. I can see your certificate. We're, we're in Derek's house at the moment and I can see his certificate on the, on the wall. W- what did that mean to you? And also, what does it mean in, in, in practice?
1: Official ambassador promoting the island, the tourism part of the island, you know, welcome to the Isle of Wight. I hope you're going to stay a while because it's beautiful. You, <laughs> know? you know, when you come here, you don't want to go Anyway, and I, you know, I'm very honored and pleased and thanked, you know, to be part of that, to do, to knowing that I'm, you know, an official ambassador, you know, it gives me great pleasure to do do more and I will be doing more.
0: I think we can't wait for that. You, um, you told me something interesting when I arrived because you listened to our very first episode of the podcast where we talked to Rob DeBank yeah. and he said that Rob Bank wasn't his real name, which I think most people would say, yeah, I suppose it probably isn't. But Derek Sandy's not your real name. I can't no. believe this. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel
0: like this is the scope of the season. So you haven't told me yet. Derek, what is your real name?
1: You wanna have a guess. No,
0: <laughs> you said it's really unlikely. So it's I'm thinking British. like Paul or.
1: You're getting close.
0: Richard.
1: You're getting close. Justin. <laughs> nah, <laughs> my full name is Anthony. Derek Anthony Sandy.
0: Anthony, Derek Sandy. Oh no, but I like that. I think yeah. you can rock that.
1: <laughs> I don't feel like Anthony. Uh,
0: no, I bet. You feel like Derek. Derek, right? Of Derek. course. And that's yeah. how we all know.
1: Because small, everybody called oh, Derek. We all know and love you. Derek. I didn't even know my name was Anthony until when <laughs> I went for my first ID card, and I had to go with my birth paper, you know. And then I see them at Anthony, so I was like, "Oh, I don't like that."
0: I'm gonna call you Tony next time I see you. Oh,
1: I would <laughs> I was not gonna be looking around. Uh, so
0: what's next? What's next for Derek Sandy, Anthony Derek Sandy? What's
1: next? Well, we are working on something that hasn't been done. On the island. I don't know if they had done it before, before I came to England, but since I've been here, it's never been done and it's, the island has talent, which is something, a step down from Britain's Got Talent because we have so much talent on this beautiful island and they are not being recognized. They're not given the opportunity to showcase themselves.
0: How's it going to work?
1: As I said, it's just a step down from Britain's Got Talent. It's going to work. We're going to have five judges we're gonna have a big stage. We're gonna have singers, dancers, magicians—you name it. We're gonna have proper judges as well. And there's proper prize money as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but I wouldn't tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this it's, we it's gave the-,
1: the first prize would be a thousand pounds.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah, we started it last year. With just two weeks' notice, we just—I just said let's give it a try, together with Peter Pan. And the Beach House Cafe on the on, on Seafront. And it was it was a complete success. So we got together with Media House. They told us that they wanna, you know, they would like to come on board and support us with it. And it's all going ahead. It's gonna be bigger, it's gonna be better. You know, we even have people from the mainland saying, Oh, could we enter? You know, which gives us even more vibes to go with it. So we hope this would be a yearly thing. The first, or the first live audition would be on this on the 9th of July. We have four shows, three limbs and one final. And we have some very high-profile people. Or can you, I can you give say us any High-profile islanders <laughs> 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 yeah. who would be judging.
0: And you'll be a judge?
1: I would be a judge as well. I'm going to be the local Simon. Are you going to perform? Of course. <laughs> I must sing the Isle of Wight for the crowd. You know, Welcome to the Isle of Wight.
0: Go on, sing it for us.
1: Welcome to the Isle of Wight. Hope you're gonna stay a while. Oh, welcome to the Isle of the white You could enjoy the
0: paradise. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, just one final thing before we go into our quickfire round, is you're quoted as saying, "One thing's for sure, I'm not leaving the island. This is my home, and for me." That's what it's all about. So, I think we can say on behalf of the island, we're so glad that you're not going anywhere. I, ain't no way. I might go for a little <laughs> holiday, but that's it. Back. <laughs> Good. So, finally, every episode, we ask all our guests a quick fire round of five things about the island. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. In at number one, your favorite place to eat or grab a coffee?
1: The Hungry Beer. Where's that? Breeding.
0: Uh Aha, what's so good about it?
1: Oh, the food is excellent. Excellentos.
0: And you're a foodie, so that's a recommendation. Oh yeah, I know my food, I know my food, yeah. Number two, best place for a walk, swim or meditation? He's pointing at the, ah, Apley Tower.
1: That's the place.
0: Meditating, walking, swimming or all three? All three. Yes.
1: I'll make it four with my dog as well.
0: Oh, fantastic. Uh, Favourite island activity?
1: Love Mondays.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. So just quickly, just remind us what Love Mondays are, in case you people came don't to Love know. Monday before. I, I do, I do. But other yes, people, it's
1: where <laughs> families and friends from all over the island gets together every Monday, starting from the first Monday in July to the last Monday in August.
0: And it is not to be missed. And
1: it's for everybody. It's free, and it's not to be missed. Limbo dancing for the kids, lollipops, free we give away lollipops and different ice creams, and, and
0: dancing like no one is watching on the beach. The
1: kids have such a lovely time. It's. You know, I believe it's the only thing in Britain on a Monday like that. And we are so glad to do that here.
0: Number four, which island charity is closest to your heart?
1: I've just been working with Aspire Ride, which... Just around the corner from you? Yeah, just on the opposite side, yeah. They do a lot of, a lot of good stuff there with the kids bringing in, kids with, learning to play music and, you know, it's, it's really good. And, you know, I feel happy to be a part of that as well.
0: You're not the first guest on our podcast to say us by a ride, so they're doing well. Uh, and number five, what do you love most about this island of ours?
1: The people. Typical islanders. Laid back, <laughs> chill out, have a good time. Yeah, man.
0: Derek, thank you so much. It's been amazing to get to know you better and hear your island story. A big thank you to Spence Willard, estate agent, selling and letting some of the finest coastal and country property across the island. If you want more Island news, sign up for my weekly email newsletter, 5-stories.co.uk. I'm Harriet Hadfield. My producer is Alex Warren. And you'll find us on Instagram at islandstoriespodcast. Podcast. So do tune in for the next episode.